The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Continue the conversation with you, talking Jets and Giants, whatever you want to talk about. Maybe maybe you want to talk a little World Series. We're going to talk a little hoops. They'll take care of that with you. We have a bunch of phone calls we're chatting about with the Jets winning in overtime over the Giants 13-10 in a battle of <laughs> punters and field goal kickers <laughs> over in a rainy, sloppy MetLife Stadium. It was It was interesting. It was interesting. But, you know, once again, the Jets found a way to win. So, you know, we're having a little debate. Some of the Jet fans are are looking at this glass half full. Some are looking at it half empty. And some are saying, you know what? Let's be realistic, man. (laughs) We need some changes. We can't keep – we're lucky we won. We'll take the win. But we got to do better than what we're doing right now. Back to the phones we go. Jerry's in Lindbrook. Hey, Jerry, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how are you doing? Thanks I'm doing for good, Jerry. What's up? You got it. Um, so I wanted to talk uh, Giants quarterback. So, you know, now it's, what, three games that we've had uh, Daniel Jones uh, injured and not playing. We've seen Tyrod Taylor for, what, two and a, two games and a half. Um, he looked great. Uh, not great. I thought he looked decent the first mm-hmm. two games. The offense looked pretty good. Um, but still, when you look at the, the end result, it wasn't like the Giants put up a ton of points anyway. Um, I thought he has probably a little bit more pocket presence, a little better than Daniel Jones. But um, And then today he had, I think, what, negative eight yards, passing yards, before yeah. he uh, got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, what did, you know, what's your take after looking three games without Jones? Like, does this give you more of a case like, you know, Jones is not the problem and it's just probably more of like, you know, whatever everything else people are saying, whether it's the offensive line, I feel like offensive play calling is horrible. I just wanted to get your take on, you know, seeing the team without Jones for three games. Well, Jerry, here's how I view it. And thanks for the phone call. I'm waiting to see. Daniel Jones has been inconsistent. All right, let's face it. The offensive line for a while was, was, it was a turnstile. I mean, nobody sitting back there could do anything. And then he gets hurt. And in the time that he is away, Saquon Barkley's away. And listen, you can see. There's a difference in the offense, be it slightly. There's a difference in the offense with Saquon Barkley. Now today, because the Jets had constant pressure on Tyrod Taylor, and then now you've got your third-string quarterback, in, there's, no, there's no way you're going to take some chances to get the ball down the field. They just didn't have the opportunity to do that. Now with Daniel Jones coming back, I think, and the offensive line being a little better, that they've kind of solidified themselves some because they're not the way they played a couple of weeks ago. And with Saquon Barkley, I think they can be better. But I got to see him. Um, look, here's the bottom line. When Daniel Jones is healthy, Daniel Jones is going to play. Daniel Jones is who they invested their money in. Daniel Jones is the number one quarterback. Daniel Jones is going to resume as the number one quarterback when he comes back. Tyrod Taylor looks like he handled the offense a little better. I think he's a little more familiar with it. He's a little more comfortable. He's more experienced. So you take that. Uh, I think, you know, Daniel Jones can run as efficiently as Tyrod Taylor. And because he's a little bigger, I think he, I think he does a better job, you know, in finishing. But uh, right now, and, and now here's the thing, Darren Waller got hurt in this game with a hamstring. And now I don't know when he's coming back. And next week, who's the quarterback? Is Tyrod Taylor going to be able to play? Uh, are you going to have to bring, I got you got to bring a quarterback in just in case Tyrod Taylor is not available and then Daniel Jones isn't available. 
So this is uh, this is going to be an interesting week for both local teams. But to answer your question, I, the jury's still out on Daniel Jones. I've seen some positive things with him, and I've seen some things to make you say, come on, Daniel, you, you can do better than that. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. <laughs> interesting show as always, Hulk. Thank you, sir. Oh, my God. You know, listen, you know, the, the, the Jets have developed Wilson. It's undeniable. You have to admit that they've developed him and there's been improvement. You know, now he's a serviceable backup. I mean, what a disastrous number two overall pick. Yeah, it's not been good. <laughs> what a disastrous. You can try to explain it any way you want to. I mean, you know, your eyes are your eyes. It, 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 it is what it is. I mean, that, that, that was really bad. But, look, in terms of what Rob Sala says and all this other stuff, I, I've, I've, I've tuned his white noise out over a year ago. The thing that's more concerning with me about what he says, more than what he says, is the, the the discipline or the lack of discipline on that te- on that team. I mean, the penalties that they got were ridiculous. And you know, it's nice to sit down and say, "Hey, there's the positives." And obviously, being four and three is not is not a, a, a negative situation in terms of what a record is. But if you know football and you know how football plays out throughout the season, when you make mistakes like that in games that you know you, you win the game. There are going to be times you make those mistakes when it's going to be more crucial and you don't win the game. You know, in the NFL, there's about there's four tiers. Um, you know, there's bottom tier teams like who are competing for that number one pick, trying to get those quarterbacks. There's a third tier where teams are they could be anywhere between you know seven and ten or ten and seven. You know, give a give it to a break or two here or there. Mm-hmm. The Jets are in that tier. You know, um, and you, you know by Thanksgiving you'll have an idea or confirmation of, of what they are. Then you got the third tier, like with the Dolphins, the Seahawks, you know, teams like that, even the Bills, like where they're very good, but you know that they're not really winning the chip. Then you got the teams that are in the top tier. And uh, for the Jets to get to the top tier, there's going to have to be administrative changes. There's going to have to be changes at the quarterback. There's going to be have to changes at the head coach. It's undeniable. You can fool yourself and, and think that, that that's not what's going to have to take place. But it is what it is. And you, like I said, by Thanksgiving, all this stuff will, uh, you know, work itself out, and you'll know exactly, you know, where the Jets are, where they're going, and how they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, four and three is is respectable. Uh, how they got there is a little uh, <laughs> fugazi, like you said before. But you take the record as it is. But um, you know, the thing that excited me this weekend, you know, you know, where I'm going. Yeah, you're going to Fury fight. Now, come on, listen. the big guy went down. How's he lose that fight, Buddha? No, 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 no. I, now listen, I'll say this much. In terms of volume of punches, Fury, he, he, he had more volumes of punches. Now, Francis Ngannou uh, had the more significant punches. So, if, if anything, I could have understood that being a draw. But, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, that, that thing about Fury winning, that, that was nonsense. And, you know, it just goes to show you, like, this to me, a lot of people thought this is bad for boxing. But in a way, I think it's better for boxing because mm-hmm. what happens now is, you know, you're going to have one or two guys who are legitimate fighters who are in their prime. I'm not talking about the guys that Paul and them are fighting, you know, right. who guys are past their prime and who were never really boxers anyway. Mm-hmm. This guy in Ganu, you know, he's not a boxer, but he trained with Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking at that fight, you know, there, there, there were things that if he had just a little bit more in his toolkit, like let's say, like we always talk about the jab and, right. and leading with, with, with the opposite foot. We talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. If he had that in his toolkit, he would have been able – to stop Fury. He didn't know how to follow up. After he hit that one shot, he didn't know mm-hmm. how to follow up. But that's something that he can learn. 
So, you know, I want to see him fight again because the power and also one thing that was very underrated was you saw how Deontay Wilder was getting pushed around by Fury. He was not getting pushed around. And also he ate a couple of straight right hands and Mm -hmm. kept coming. He has a chin and he has potential. You get get him in, in the gym with the right people. He could be the heavyweight champion of the world. I agree, and and the 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 one and thanks for the phone call. But the one look, it, it could go either way. I understand that, but one judge had it ninety six, ninety three. I I, can, I understand the other two had it ninety five, ninety four. You get ninety five, ninety four. One for Fury, one for Ngannou. I get it, but ninety six, ninety three. I I I don't know. I don't know. There's always one judge that you look at like, well, where were you sitting, and 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 why are your seats there? <laughs> what what are you seeing? There's always one. There's always one. But, you know, I'll say this. I was entertained. I was entertained. Uh, Authors in the Bronx. What's up, Arthur? You're next on 98.7. Oh, hey, Larry. Big fan. I'm Thank so, you. How I'm you so doing? Honored, I'm so honored to be behind Buddha from the Bronx, which makes me sad. As a fellow black man, I hate to. He has the worst face ever. Wabatella is a good coach. He's a good coach. They they drafted the wrong quarterback, but Salah's a good coach. And and this game was awful. I I told the screener, I'm a fraud technically, but <laughs> I don't really care. I'm a Jets and Giants fan. Okay. Uh, I'm a New York fan. Okay. I no longer like the Yankees and the Knicks because of ownership. Okay. But I love the Jets, love the Giants, and you know. All right, so let me ask you uh, this. Let me ask you this. And I'll let, I'll let you finish, but yeah. I got to ask you this question. Since you're a fan of both, how do how do you how do you deal with a game like today? Well, I deal I, I remember 4 years ago, I don't really remember, but I try to root for the team that needs to win the most. And the Giants are I don't know, man. The Giants need to win the most. Thanks, buddy. I, I mean, I'm just saying, Arthur, the Giants needed to win the most, you know. So, so yeah, the Jets got uh, the, it. The, the game was the, the game was this 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 next season, this whole season. I have a it's it's hard to watch. I'm poor. I don't I don't have cable. I uh-huh. I pay forty bucks and I listen mostly on the radio to the games, and uh-huh. it's difficult. The games aren't fun. It's yeah. it's, and I got a, five years now with two teams. It's just like, oh, I got a beautiful Giants jacket I can't wear. Well, like, but your team, years ago during but Arthur, your team, you get, last season. yeah, but your Giants team got to the playoffs last year. So last year was pretty oh. good. You got to the postseason. And it was nice. Yeah. That's all really good. And now what happened? Well, what, every year is different, so different, my friend. Every year is well, different, my friend. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I, I mean, I could say fire this guy, don't. You know, Jones is garbage. I don't know. what. Why are they so bad now? Well, there's been a number of things. The yeah, there's been a number of things the on Jets both teams. Great. Thanks for the phone call. But the common denominator for both teams has been inconsistent play of the offensive line. That, that's been the common denominator for both. Uh, the Giants went out. They got some weapons this year that they didn't have last year offensively to try to get the ball down the field. But because of the inconsistent play for a couple of weeks because of injuries to the offensive line, uh, they haven't been able to get the ball down the field consistently. I mean, and Andrew Thomas still hasn't played. 
I mean, there was a hope that he might be get a chance to play today, and he hasn't. So, and that's their, their best. That's their best alignment, and he still hasn't been on the field. Hasn't been on the field for weeks. So you know, and then your quarterback gets hurt, and Saquon Barkley got hurt. So, injuries are the great equalizer, my friend. Injuries are are what really ties everything up, and makes a difference. And so that's what both teams have been dealing with. They've been dealing with injuries. I mean, you know, you root for the Jets. You knew right away. I mean, you you were hyped up. You were ready. Aaron Rodgers, baby. We got Aaron Rodgers going to be on our team, going to move. We've got court. We don't have to worry about quarterback play anymore. We've got Aaron Rodgers. And he gets hurt in the first game. So different things happen different weeks. And now both teams lost players with injury today. You know, Tyrod Taylor out with ribs, as I said before. What's going to happen? The Giants got to bring a quarterback in. You know, you can't have, you can't have, um, you know, your third string quarterback as your only quarterback in camp. You got to bring another quarterback in, okay? And uh, with the Jets, they lost two old linemen this week, okay? You got to bring another old lineman in. So, lot of things going on. A lot of things going on with both teams. More of your calls next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Live Stadium. It's the conversation we've had all evening on the drive here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's continue the phone calls with Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, you are next on 98.7. Hey, good evening, Larry. Shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in as I was watching the game. And... Good thing I, I, I was talking to Chantel earlier. Good thing I didn't go to the game because I, I would have felt like it would have been a repeat of that Patriot game. But, uh, <laughs> in the rain, <laughs> the rain, messy. Yeah, in the rain, yeah, messy and uh, ugly offensive performance. But, um, and, and the thing, and I'm, as I'm listening to all the callers, and, and I just get a kick out of, you know, out of some of them because it's just like, you know, we, we, a lot of Jet fans know that we have a bad quarterback. A lot of Jet fans were <laughs> apprehensive of Zach Wilson way before he was even drafted to the Jets. So it's like, so this is not something new. This has been a nightmare that we've been experiencing for a long hmm. time. And, you know, Buddha is correct, you know, but, uh, um, because the Jets did what they, what, what they could do with Zach Wilson. They developed him to be a functional backup he went from being possibly the worst draft bust ever to now being a functional backup. And to me, I think that that's actually a great job, what they've done. But we're seeing right now it's not enough because any team with an offense, with a functional offense, can jump on this team and get a big lead. And the defense is going to be staggered, and eventually they're not going to get the turnovers. And we're going to start seeing the same, you know, storylines from last year play out. And that's kind of the nightmarish situation. I'll take the win. Hopefully Zach Wilson does get a little bit better, but I'm not seeing anything. And by the way, you know, for Brian Dayball, I, I thought he was going to be this great quarterback whisperer and everything, and I know – we're supposed to cut slack because he's with his third-string quarterback, but Jesus, man, like that—that that fourth and one. He, he, I'm sorry, you, you got you got to run, run the ball with Saquon, and you know, pretty much let let, let the Jets' offense beat you from there. When, <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that that's just my point. I hope you have a great one, Larry. All right, th- thanks for the call, Jose. It just goes to show you he didn't think that the Jet offense. He ran it. He, 
he went for the points. But he felt like you know, even if they miss it, he didn't feel that the Jets could get the ball back and move down the field. <laughs> and why would he? Why would he think they could do that? Because they hadn't really done anything. The offense, the, the play calling was very conservative. They couldn't run the ball consistently. They didn't move. The, they were very, very conservative. They, the only time they went downfield is if it, you know they were trying to get to Gary Wilson. Now they did try uh, Alan Lazar, who had a couple of drops. But once again, as I mentioned earlier, he doesn't get enough separation. That's why. That's why I feel that he has so much trouble. There's always people around him. You know, maybe it's the routes. Maybe it's something that's not happening. Maybe he's open, and by the time Zach Wilson gets in the ball, the defense is caught up. I mean, that could be possible too. But you know, it, it's it's if you're a Jet fan looking long term, and you're trying to see, okay, here's what I think we can do. Here's what I think that we'll be able to do against the teams. We're, we're trying to, you know, we're, we're trying to get to the position that we want to get to. We're trying to get as many wins as possible because we, we think we have an outside shot at the postseason. Even though we don't have Aaron Rodgers, that's what we think. We think that we have an outside shot at the postseason. And so we know we're going to get there. We've got an inconsistent young quarterback facing a guy who loves to blitz. You saw what he did to Sam Howell the week before when they played Washington. And so you knew that, I mean, Zach has had issues with that. Like a lot of players, like a lot of quarterbacks have issues against the the, the blitz. And where is he coming from? And, you know, it caused Zach Wilson to make some some plays that, you know, he'd like to have back. The running backwards and not getting rid of the ball, to being sacked not only on third down but on fourth down, where you've got to throw the ball away. You can never be sacked on fourth down ever, ever. So I just think that Brian Dabo felt that you know what, they're not going to be able to score. He was asked about that after the game, and he says, "You know what? I accept the responsibility for the decision making." Yeah, every decision that you make, you try to make for the best interest of, of the team in that particular game. Uh, that's what we'll always do. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work out, you know, so I accept responsibility for that. But, uh, you know, you sit down, you have discussions, you talk about it on the headset, and then you make a decision. And that's what you need to do. So it uh, didn't work out. You know, we still had, you know, a few seconds there at the end to try to stop them and, um, you know, give them credit. But, you know. Disappointing loss. It's got to be. It's got to be. You've got the lead. Uh, you missed the field goal, and you turn the ball over to them, and you figure, listen, our defense has been really pretty good all day. All right? It's been pretty good. Just weren't exactly running up and down the field trying to score. And they not only are able to to score and get, get into position with a couple of really good plays, and see, that is – and see – that's the frustrating thing if you're a Jet fan about Zach Wilson, right? You watch him at the end. You watch him on that last drive to get to in position for the game-tying field goal, and you watch him on the drive in overtime to get to the game-winning field goal, and you're like, why can't you do that all the time? Or not – nobody does it all the time, but why can't you do that more consistently? Why is it that we see the – confused Zach Wilson more than we see 
the Zach Wilson on time. This is what happens. Make the decision. Put your foot on, the, you know, back foot hits as as uh, Dan Olofsky loves to say. Our colleague at ESPN, back foot hits, and then the ball's released. Why don't we see that more often? Why do we see the other things more often? That's the frustrating thing if you're a Jet fan about Zach Wilson. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. Top of the hour is Ty Butler and Jake Asman. Right now, we take you around the National Football League. We begin with a game that's going on right now, just underway. Sunday Night Football, Justin Fields out. Chicago at 2-5 and five visits the Chargers at 2-4. and four. Other In the 4 o'clock games, Russell Wilson. Yes, I said Russell Wilson threw three touchdown passes. Justin Simmons had two of Denver's five takeaways as the Broncos surprised Patrick Mahomes in snapping their 16-game losing streak to Kansas City with a 24-9 win over the Chiefs. Broncos 3-5 and five were, now don't get upset at me, Swifties. Broncos were serenaded off the field to the sound of Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, blaring throughout Empower Field. Swift wasn't on hand to witness Travis Kelsey, who had six catches for 58 yards and a tough day by Kansas City, who falls to 6-2. Broncos handed Mahomes his first AFC West road loss and beating Kansas City's quarterback for the first time in 13 tries. Other 4 o'clock games, Joe Burrow threw three touchdown passes. Cincinnati intercepted Brock Purdy on back-to-back passes in the second half. Bengals beat the Niners 31-17 for their fourth win in five games. Burrow, 28-32, 283 yards, ran for 43 more against the Niners defense that has uncharacteristically struggled in recent weeks. Cincinnati took control of the game early in the fourth quarter after Logan Wilson intercepted the pass from Purdy. Bengals struck on the next play when Burrow lofted a 17-yard TD pass to Jamar Chase. That made it 24-10. Purdy had thrown an interception on the previous drive in the red zone. That gives him five interceptions in the past three games after having none in the first five. Purdy, you remember, played despite being in concussion protocol during the week. Threw for 365 yards, had a touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey, but it wasn't enough. Geno Smith threw a nine-yard touchdown pass with 38 seconds left, and the Seahawks rallied for a 24-20 win over the Cleveland Browns after blowing an early 14-point lead. After struggling on long stretches against the best defense in the NFL, Geno was sensational on Seattle's final drive. He connected on four or five passes, the last of which was a quick quick screen. The rookie first-round pick, Smith-Niger, used a terrific block from D.K. Metcalf on the perimeter to sneak down the sidelines and score the second touchdown of his career. Seattle now 5-2 gave itself a chance by intercepting Cleveland's quarterback P.J. Walker near midfield with a minute 52 remaining. Gus Edwards ran for two of his three touchdowns following interceptions by Baltimore's stout defense. Ravens beat Arizona 31-24 on Sunday. A week after blowing out Detroit 38-6, NFC North leading Ravens labored a little bit offensively as they improved to 6-2. Cardinals 1-7 prevented Lamar Jackson from scrambling for more than a few yards at a time. Ravens finished with 268 total yards. Jackson threw for 157 on 18 of 27 passing and ran for 18 yards on four carries. In the 1 o'clock games, we've been talking about it all show. It was... The Jets, with two field goals, one to tie it in regulation and one to win it in overtime, they defeat the New York Giants by the score of 13-10. to 10. 
So the Giants, of course, in that game, we had uh, some injuries on both sides. Giants lost Tyrod Taylor in the game with a rib injury. He will be examined. He was taken to a local hospital. He will be re-examined, and the Giants will have a statement tomorrow as to far as what his future will be this week. And the Jets lost not one but two offensive linemen this week. So we'll see what happens to them. Elsewhere in the early games, Tua Tagovailoa threw for 324 yards and three touchdowns. Jalen Ramsey intercepts the pass in his Dolphins debut. Miami beats New England 31-17. They win for the 16th time in their past 18 home games. And Tua moved to 6-0 in his career against Bill Belichick. The Dolphins 6-2 for the first time since 2001 have a one-game lead over Buffalo for the AFC East lead. Jalen Waddle, seven catches, 121 yards in the touchdown. And, of course, Tyreek Hill. Eight receptions, 112 yards in the score. He becomes the first player in the Super Bowl era to top 1,000 receiving yards through eight games. For Mac Jones, another uneven day. Patriots now fall to 2-6. and six. He threw for 161 yards on 19-29 passing with two touchdowns and one pick. Dak Prescott threw two of his four touchdown passes to C.D. Lamb. Laurent Bland recorded his NFL-leading third interception return for a score. Cowboys beat the Rams 43-20. It was a rough homecoming for Rams QB rough, uh, Matthew Stafford, who was replaced by Brett Rippian late in the third quarter after injuring a thumb on the failed two-point conversion pass and ended up with a bloody elbow after catching another. The streak matches the club's longest since an 11-game run at Texas Stadium in 91-92, almost two decades before AT&T Stadium was open. Bad news for Minnesota. Kirk Cousins led the Vikings back to relevance after the poor start of the season. Now they'll have to, likely will have to try to play, keep it going without him. Yeah, he threw a pair of touchdown passes, but he left in the fourth quarter of the Vikings' 24-10 victory over the Green Bay Packers. Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell said after the game, the Vikings are fearing an Achilles tendon injury, but Cousins said, he was, but said Cousins was still undergoing evaluation. Now, that would leave uh, the Vikings with limited quarterback options. Jaron Hall, rookie fifth-round pick from BYU, took over the rest of the game. Vikings also have Nick Mullins, who has made 17 starts, but is currently on injury reserve with a back injury. As the Jet fans know, if it's an Achilles injury, Kirk Cousins could be done for the year. All right, so it's official. He's got an Achilles injury. He is out. Rookie Will Levis threw for 238 yards and four scores in his NFL debut, and the Tennessee Titans scored their most points since 2021. They beat the Falcons 28-23 on Sunday. Titans 3-4 captain alumni weekend wearing the Houston Oilers throwback uniforms down to an oil Derek logo at midfield and the old nickname in each zone. Levis became the seventh rookie quarterback to start this season, the most rookies to start in the first eight games since the NFL merger excluding the 87 strike season. Six rookie quarterbacks started in that span in both the 1971 and 2021 seasons. Derek Carr threw for 310 yards and two touchdowns in a bounce-back performance. Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara scored two touchdowns apiece. Saints roll over the Colts 38-27 on Sunday. Saints snapped a two-game skid with their fifth consecutive win in the series, a streak that began with their lone Super Bowl victory after the 2009 season and moved into a share of the NFC South lead with Atlanta. Carr, who went 19-27, he had an interesting week. Why? Because he spent the week answering questions about scolding teammates on the sideline and shouting at uh, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. Rashid Saheed caught three passes for a career-best 153 yards and one touchdown, and for the second time this year, he helped seal the win with a long third-down catch 
in the final minutes. Indy 3-5 has lost three straight, four of his last five home games. Jonathan Taylor rushed for 95 yards in the loss. Trevor Lawrence threw for 292 yards. Excuse me, threw for 292 yards. And a touchdown and an interception. And the Jacksonville Jaguars slugged their way past the Steelers 2010 for their fifth straight victory. Jaguars 6-2 strengthened their hold on the AFC South behind the defense that kept Pittsburgh's offense in check for more than enough offense to overcome a series of mistakes that let the Steelers 4-3 hang around well into the second half. Lawrence broke it open. 56-yard strike to a streaking Travis Etienne with 5-14 left in the third quarter. That helped Jacksonville build that 14-point lead. Jaguars won for the sixth time in their last seven trips. Pittsburgh played the second half without quarterback Kenny Pickett, who exited late in the first half with a rib injury after getting drilled by defensive end Adam Goetzes. Mitch Trubisky came on, threw for 139 yards, including a 22-yard touchdown pass, but he also threw two picks. Bryce Young outdoes C.J. Stroud in the battle of the NFL's top two draft picks. Eddie Panero made a 23-yard field goal as time expired to send the Panthers over the Texans 15-13 for their first win of the year. Jalen Hurts threw for four touchdowns while gunning through a knee injury. A.J. Brown had 130 yards receiving, and the Pittsburgh and the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington Commanders 38-31. They are now 7-1. Hurts was noticeably limping and reluctant to run because of his gimpy left knee, but that didn't stop him from completing 29 of 38 passes for 319 yards. TD passes to Brown twice, Devonta Smith, and Julio Jones before kneeling twice to end the game. His seven-yard rushing on two attempts hurts fewest since December 26, 2021. Monday Night Football, tomorrow night, the Raiders at 3-4 and four will travel to Detroit. They look for a bounce back after getting torched by the Baltimore Ravens to meet the Lions. So that is your up-to-date week in the National Football League. When we return, we'll take more of your phone calls and have some closing thoughts on this edition of The Drive on 98.7 ESPN.